I'm Steve. I'm on staff here at SCUM. Um, today is my first time preaching. So, give me a break. It's probably going to be terrible because I am so nervous. But, maybe? All right, we'll see. All right, so for those of you who don't know, tonight is the first night of Hanukkah. And at my house, I grew up in the Messianic movement, and we celebrate um, all of the, the holy days, the major feasts, and the minor feasts um, prescribed in the Bible by God. Um, and Hanukkah is like, it's, it's not exactly prescribed by God in the Bible. It is a minor feast celebrated in remembrance of an event that happened about 165 years before Jesus. So um, for those of you who don't know, the, the Hanukkah kind of floats around. You know, like Christmas is always the 25th of December. You know, um, Hanukkah is, is or the, the feast, they follow kind of the, the lunar calendar. And so Hanukkah is celebrate on the 25th of the month of Kislev. And um, because the lunar calendar and the solar calendar don't line up, it just shifts around. A couple years ago, Hanukkah was on Thanksgiving Day. It was super weird. Um, but uh, we, we observe the traditional observances and whatnot. And um, Hanukkah is known as the Feast of Lights, but also is known as the Feast of Dedication. Um, I like, I like Hanukkah because I like, like looking at the lights and staring at the flames and, uh, and doing these things and remembering like all the things that God has done for me and done for us as his people, as the body of Messiah. You know, um, I think I will start by lighting the, the candles. So there's a blessing. Hello? So there's a blessing that goes with uh, the lighting of the Hanukkah candles. Um, there's three blessings, actually. And so because this is the first night of Hanukkah, we're going to light one candle right now. And the blessing goes, Baruch Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam. Asher kitshanu b'mitzvotav v'tzivanu lehadlik ner shel Hanukkah. Amen. And that in English is, Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commandments and commands us to kindle the Hanukkah lights. Then it goes, Baruch Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, She'asa nisim lavoteinu, Bayamim ha'hem, Bazman hazeh. Amen. And that one is, Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who wrought miracles for our forefathers in those days at this season. And Baruch Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, 
שהחיינו וקיימנו והגיענו לזמן הזה. אמן. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has kept us alive and sustained us and brought us to this season. So, Father, I would just ask that you would be with us here tonight and in this sermon and all the words and the stupid microphone that keeps cutting out and just like let us be family here together and remember the goodness and the good things that you give us and your saving grace and your protection that you give your people. In Jesus' name, amen. So when we light the candles, we watch them burn down. Um, at my house, there's always a lot of people. Like we are just a hub of the community and people come every night. There's probably 150 people that come to our house over the course of the week. Like, um, so those of you who don't know, my family is here tonight to watch this. It's pretty great. Um, so like 150 people come through our house and uh, we eat and we talk and we schmooze and we hang out and we, we, we enjoy each other's company and we light the candles and we tell the story of Hanukkah. Um, and we, then, we, then we do some worship and we like praise God for the things that we, we, we talk about. We tell uh, personal stories of like the time that I should have died that one time or this time when it was really good or the time that was hard, but now we can see that God was in that thing and has brought us to this specific place. Um, or the miracle that happened this one time. So-and-so had a child or so-and-so did whatever. And God was like present and did something and was amazing. Um, and we just enjoy each other's company, sharing those stories and bringing God into our life and acknowledging the things that he does. Um, everyone is allowed to talk um, at this thing. Like you're allowed to share your stories or you're asked to read a scripture or answer the questions. Um, at my house, there's a different person each night that leads the, the service, if you will. Um, we have some questions that we ask and things that just, um, I don't know, things to think about and things that draw up those stories about God in your life. Um, then we worship with uh, music and singing, and uh, we share our home with people and we sing songs. Um, there's people that come that don't know anything about Hanukkah, and they come to learn from us, like, what is this thing that we are doing? Um, there's people that come, uh, little children come and hang out with us. And one of the best times is like, hey, what, what song do you want to sing? And they're like, we wish you a Merry Christmas. And we're like, all right, so let's sing We Miss You a Merry Christmas. And so my family gets together and we play guitars and pianos and sing Wish You a Merry Christmas. And it's just a wonderful time of family and, and fellowship and enjoyment. Um, so after we light the candles, then we tell the story of Hanukkah. And so Hanukkah is this thing that happened... Um, it was a B.C. 165 or something like that. And basically what happened is in the land of Israel, the, the Seleucid Empire had been formed. And this guy, Antiochus III, came through and kicked out the Ptolemies who were over the land at that time. And Antiochus III's son, um, Antiochus IV, yeah, go figure, um, he uh, was a... a was it Hellenization was like his big thing. So he wanted to force the entire known world to worship the Greek pantheon. 
Um, so he made a law and was like, you are no longer allowed to worship the God of Abraham. Um, it is illegal. And so, <clears throat> so they would go around and the soldiers would cruise around and they would like investigate people who were worshiping God or studying the Bible or whatever they were doing that was against Hellenization. Um, if you know anything about Hanukkah, you've probably seen a dreidel. And this dreidel is like, it's a little top that has four sides on it. And it's a game that children play. And they play it for chocolate coins. But where that comes from is when the soldiers were cruising around trying to arrest people for worshiping God, um, these guys would get together and they were like studying the Torah. They were studying the Bible or praying to God. And the lookout would be like, hey, there's a guy coming. He's a soldier and whatever. And so they would, like, roll up the Torah, and then they would, like, sit there and spin this dreidel game for coins. And they're like, oh, no, nobody's worshiping God around here. We're just gambling. And um, then there was, like, this secret thing that they did to, like, um, get away with the worship of God. Worshiping God was really underground. So um, in order to, I guess, solidify this outlawing of worshiping God, they went to the temple, and they sacrificed a pig on the altar. And a pig is like an unclean animal. Like God said, do not do this for me. And so they purposefully sacrificed a pig to desecrate the temple. They're like, if we make this place not holy or not livable or whatever, then we can do away with the worship of God. Um, then, they, then they built a statue of Zeus, and they were putting it in the, in the courtyard of the temple and trying to make that into the new, like, temple to Zeus or whatever. So there were these guys, and these guys were, they were Levites. They were priests, like minor priests, not very important guys. But they were like, yeah, bump that noise. Like, that's not how we're, that's not what we're about. So, <clears throat> so they, like, had a revolution. It was a guerrilla warfare thing. There's this guy, his name was Mattathias, and he was a priest. And he had ten sons. He had a bunch of sons. And um, they formed this guerrilla army. And they hid out in the woods. And they did, like, strikes against the, the Seleucid soldiers. And just kind of, like, made hell for them for, like, three years. And eventually they won and, like, forced the Seleucids out of the land and um, overtook the temple. So once the, the, the Greeks had left, they took the temple, and they, like, lit a fire inside. They burned the temple to, like, cleanse and purify all the desecration that was in there. And so they cleaned it up, and they um, reinstituted the, the daily sacrifice, and they, they lit the menorah that was um, the, the candle, the, the lamp that was at the Holy of Holies, and just kind of put the temple back together. But since they were in the in the woods fighting this revolution for so long and the, the, the festival of Sukkot, which is the Feast of Tabernacles, had just passed. They were like, man, we missed out on like this thing that we, we do. And it's like the, the celebration and the remembrance of God being with the Israelites in the, in, um, in the desert after they escaped Egypt. And so it's like this picture of like your, our closeness to God and God being our sustainer and all these things. And they were like, man, it would have been so sweet if we had celebrated that like at this time. And they were like, why don't we just do that? And so they, they created this eight-day festival to celebrate 
that time because the, the Festival of Sukkot is celebrated for eight days. Um, there's a really nice story that everybody tells that when they got the temple and they found one jar of oil that was still pure. And so they were like, we need to light the menorah right now. And we don't have any more oil. It'll only last one day. And so they lit it anyway. And because God did a miracle, the one jar of oils for one day lasted eight days, which was like the time that it would take to purify new oil and make it sacred to burn in that candle. But that's a nice story, but we don't actually think that really happened. It's a good thing to tell, you know, the children like, oh, it's a miracle that happened. And like, it's a fun story, but it probably didn't happen. The reason for eight days is because of the Feast of Sukkot. Um, so the, we celebrate this time to remember that God was like with those people. Um, he sustained them. He kept them alive. He made like this ragtag group of idiots who were like priests, not trained soldiers, defeat one of the most amazing armies in the world at that time and force them out and reclaimed his temple for himself, you know. Um, so the, the thing that happens for me on Hanukkah is like the idea of light. Um, light is a very integral part of this. Um, so when we sit around in our living room and we talk about God and we talk about the things that he has done, um, I, mo- I mainly focus on, like, looking into the flames, you know. Um, here, let me light some more candles. This will be fun. Um, I, like, I like the flames. I like looking at it. Um, I read this study that happened once that was, like, the, the chemical reactions that happen in your brain when men play with fire. And uh, it was akin to the same, it was like the same thing happens in a woman's brain when she eats chocolate. So ladies, if you understand like what, how like awesome that is, like that's what happens with guys when they, when they play with fire. So um, I really, I really like looking at the fire. I like the light. Um, When we look at this thing, it, um, God gives us all of these pictures and stuff, and I probably have something up here. Um, when we look at the, the fire, like these kind of scriptures come to my mind. This is Matthew six twenty two. The eye of the lamp, uh, the eye is the lamp of the body. So then, if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? And so there's like this contrast between light and darkness. We talk about when you light a candle, um, this one little lamp. Hey, can you turn off the lights? Like this one little lamp just like chases away the darkness. Like darkness cannot stand before it. There's this one little thing that's standing here and it gives light to the entire room. Yeah, I don't want that either. Um, so the, the light, the light is a big deal. Um, yeah, you turned that light on and it confused me, man. Um, next scripture. So in Matthew five fourteen, um, Jesus is telling us, he's like, you guys are the light of the world. He says, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anybody light a lamp and put it under a, a basket, but on a lampstand, so that it gives light to all who are in the house. 
And then he gives us a command. He's like, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see our good wor- or they may see your good works and give your father who is in heaven praise. Um, this light, like there's this one candle in the middle right here that is used to light all the other ones. Um, that candle is called the Shamash candle. It is the servant candle. Um, I like to think of that candle as a picture of Jesus. He came, and his one light came, and he touched one person. And then he touched the next person, and the next person, and the next person. Um, We then become light. We are the light of the world. We shine our light out there into the darkness and chase away darkness from dark places. Um, This light, even though it has spread, the original candle is not diminished at all. Like, that flame is just as vibrant and just as good as it was at the beginning. Um, but the more people that are touched by it, the greater the ability to chase away the darkness. We here, each one of you, are candles that have been touched by the Holy Spirit. And we have that light in us. We shine that light into dark places and chase them out. We, we have this thing that's given to us by God. It says that the spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the innermost parts of his being. Like your spirit is the candle, and then the Holy Spirit is the fire. Um, Yep, I guess that's the end of my slides. Um, So this is very important to me, because this is how I do ministry. Like there's a lot of people that... They are missionaries or ministers or whatever, and they go down to the street corner and they hold up a Bible and they yell death and judgment at people. And that is, to me, not... That personally is not a way to create this this relationship with people. I like to go to places and just simply exist and be. We have this light that is shining in a darkness. And everyone around you, it's, it's amazing. Like, you can, you can light a candle in the woods at night. And everybody for miles in all directions knows that there's somebody over there. There's like there's this thing going on, and this tiny little candle gives light for miles and miles. Um, people are drawn to the light, like moths to the flame. They are looking at you and seeing that person. That person is weird. Like what is what is wrong with them? Like they're in this situation, and they should be whatever. They should be mad, or they should be sad, or they should be whatever, and they're not. We as believers, we as Christians, are called to live this life. And because we have this light, we're warm. Like the things of this world do not touch us like they do other people. We have our hope of salvation. We have our hope of eternity. And we have just the blessing and the love that God gives us right now. Um, Yeah. The light is important. Do not hide your light under a bushel or a bowl or whatever it says. Like, expose that. We are lighthouses. We're there to, like, guard people from going to places. We are there to spread this light so that more people will have it. Um, When you stand out, go to your grocery store or go to... I I have a street corner that I hang out on. There's a bar there, and there's these people, and they know me. They know me. They know I'm the Jesus kid. Like, they, they might not believe in anything, but they know that there's something weird about that guy. And it's not just that he has green hair. It's like this thing that he exudes. There's this, this joy that he has, even though he is not happy. You know, 
I can be depressed and still have joy, you know? And I don't need to, like, push the Bible on anybody. And I don't need to judge their sins or anything like that. I'm reliant on God. It's God who saves people, not me. So I just set myself up in a, in a place where if God comes to that person, they're truly searching out, they have a point of contact. I'm the guy with the light, and they can come and find me, and I can pass that on to them. Um, so tonight, I'm going to leave these candles burning. Um, we can just watch this flame. We can just ponder the idea of light, um, the goodness and the warmth and the, the chocolate that it does to your soul, you know? Um, I'm going to ask... Hey, Joe, do you want to... So I have a bucket full of candles right now, and we're going to pass them out to everybody. And it's going to be this thing where we're going to take that one candle from the middle and start passing the light around. Um, And we'll watch this room grow bright because of it. Um, I think, Dave, you're up in a minute. Um, And even though it started from this single flame, it is not diminished. We just get more light. Like, that is the idea of our faith. Like, we don't give away ourselves and become less. We give away and it all becomes more. Um, We chase away the darkness. We have this tradition at SCUM where on Christmas Eve, we, we hand out these candles and we sing Silent Night together. And so I would like to do that um, once we start passing out the, the flame. Here. Can't get it? Boom. So when you get a flame, you can stand and we'll just worship God, singing about the night that his salvation came came to this earth. Um, And we'll remember the blessing that he did for us.